All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast powered by our friends at X2 Power. Boys, we are back with another fancy fishing show. It feels like a really long time. And uh, folks, as always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett. Joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Fole, and Mr. Business from the Bass Boat, Adam Deacon. What's going on, fellas? Living. Living. We're we're, uh, we're Bartless again tonight. Seems Bartless. Like every single show has been Bartless. Hashtag Bart's fired. I think he's been voted off the island. <laughs> I think if Bart gets last place, he has to have double punishment. Double punishment. Oh double boy, punishment. what does the uh, double punishment entail? Well, we had our we had our deal for the loser, and I think he just has to do that twice fold. Basically, <laughs> I think he's got to throw that lure like in a Bassmaster Open next year or something like that, to see what his co mm-hmm. says or something. Yeah. Like if he makes the top ten, hold it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> double dogging. Double dogging. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be incredible. That would be amazing. Good gosh. We got a bunch of people rolling into the show here. We're really excited to get back. It feels like literally a year since our last fantasy fishing show. I think it's actually been like a solid month since the it last Bassmaster Elite event. And then we'll have another month before Oahe. Feels longer yeah. than that. It's crazy. Right. Well, this is our favorite show, I think. I think it's yeah. really our, our favorite segment because one, it's just fun. And it's, it's like fantasy football. We get a little rowdy. We like to go at each other. Just like how I'll point out that I'm, I'm winning in Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing itself, but so I'm getting salty. spanked. I am, I'm very salty. So I'll call it out. I'll call it how it is. Uh, but I am getting spanked in our golf scoring here. So I will be honest with myself. Um, <laughs> but real quick, before we get into all the craze of tonight's show, really quick reminder for folks that are tuning in. Uh, if you head over to Serious Angler on social media, we're running a pretty big giveaway with all of our show partners for episode 300. That's going up live on Tuesday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be like a big party. So come through with that one. If you guys want to get on for five minutes or so, shoot us an email, shoot us a DM, whatever. We'll get you on for five minutes to talk fishing on the show. Uh, but go get in on that giveaway because you can win a lithium battery, swag packs, $200 uh, gift card to Blackfish Gear. Like it's it's pretty freaking badass. So make sure you guys get in on that. Uh, our social links are down below. If that makes anything easier, just click the button, vote, follow the instructions. Takes two seconds, and have a chance to win some pretty sick stuff. No so boys, it. boys, what do you say? What do you say we start talking some some fantasy fishing here? Let's do it. All right, we're going back to Lake Pickwick, which. Any any takeaways before we start getting into our picks and, and how we did here? If we yeah, can even remember so from the, I was like, it's, it's like not fresh in our brains at this point. That was well, a long time ago. If I remember correctly, too, like every bucket had like three to five people you could choose from that could have done really well. So you could have either really made it or picked outside of those five and got just trashed and dropped to the bottom. I think that's what I remember the most from when we were picking our anglers. Yeah. Yeah. And really quick again, before we go through these, through this stuff our for folks that might be tuning in new to this fantasy fishing segment, we do of the four of us, obviously Bart is not here. Uh, the four of us have a little like side bet versus the actual fantasy fishing game. And we're doing it by golf scoring. So it kind of adds a little interesting twist to things where if you have a good week, but you don't have a dynamite week, chances are you're probably not going to do good consistently. Uh, so how it is and how what the current standings are 
is Deacon is in the lead right now with 11 points. And for folks that may not know golf scoring, the lower the better. <laughs> uh, and Bartuzic and Andy are tied at 16 points. And my bum self is losing at 17 points. I'm in last bum. Bum. Yeah. What a See, scrub. What a even, scrub. Real quick, even our fans are getting fed up of Bart not being here. They're saying he needs to be replaced. Slacking. Slacking. Hashtag Slacking. Bart's fired. <laughs> I wish we could put it like gifs into this chat. That would be amazing. I have so many <laughs> running through my brain right now. Um, yeah. Real quick, let's start getting into Pickwick here. We're going to go through. Here are Bart's picks and how Bart did for Pickwick. Uh, he had 1,090 points. Dang. Uh, he picked, let's see here, we got, he had Scott Canterbury in 24th, Jay Shakurit, who had his first bad tournament of the year. And actually, I guess it's not horrible, but it's like still not good. But he was 66, which is worst worst tournament of his rookie season. That ain't horrible. Uh, Scott Martin, 21st, Josh Douglas, 28th, and Justin Atkins in 8th. So 1,090 points. Uh, we're, I'd say we get into Pickwick and how that event was, but boys, it's been like a month and a half, and I feel like a thousand other shows recapped it, so we really don't have to go into it too crazy, but it was one offshore like most of us predicted. With uh, Brandon Lester finally winning his much-earned and much-deserved blue trophy on the Bassmaster Elite Series. So, uh, Deacon, you want to tell us your picks, your points, how it went for you? Sure, man. Uh, not great. Actually, horrible. Uh, let's oh, see. Oh, come on. It wasn't good. <laughs> That's funny. Dropped me a, a lot of percentage from where I was at. Uh, but still way ahead in golf scoring, so it's okay. Yeah, but that's the thing about golf scoring is you can come back quick. So uh, I had a total of 900 points. Oof. I had Olenek finished seventh. Good pick there. Gross, buddy Gross, finished 23rd. Was happy with that. Uh, Straysner did not do well, 61st. Uh, Dasayuki, nice guy. Nice guy. There it is. Nice guy. <laughs> uh, and then Kyle Welcher in 61st. <laughs> so those like 60, 50, and above finishes you do not want in fantasy. No. They're in trouble. Kyle Welcher, man, is having, I love the guy, but he's having a tough season. He is. He, He's got that poker face, right? Obviously, because he, I mean, people joke about that, but I think it's legitimate that yeah. he's got that poker face because one, he's a poker player, but I think it helps play into the bass fishing. But I think Jason Christie like ruined his soul or something <laughs> on the classic stage. Like, I think Christie just stole his soul and just left the Took stage out of him. Yeah, because yeah, Welchers hasn't finished. been Welter this year, man. He's seeing ghosts on said derby. Poor guy. I feel hey, he'll be all right. He'll be yeah. Good. I, I mean, it's not just him, though. Like, there's a few guys that you expect to have better years that are actually, like, yeah. not having good years at all to their standards or, like, the outsider standards. Like, there's a few that we can name. It's crazy. And, Jim, all of the picks. Keep dropping them down the scores here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People For folks that, that are new to this segment, Jim Johnson in the chat, uh, great dude, always uh, chimes in on these segments, and uh, great, great guy, <laughs> but – Horrible at fantasy fishing. No offense, buddy. Okay, I should, I should put the that's asterisk. Fantastic. That's fantastic, man. Why don't you just roast our viewership? You know, Jim everyone knows you have like two viewers, and we can't wow. go down to one. All right, we're that's at one. Possible. No, Jim knows where I'm going with this. Jim knows where I'm going with this. Bro. He has like he's cursed. It's not because he suck. It's because he's cursed. 
And so basically whoever Jim picks is just going to have a bad tournament. So we're trying to get Jim to pick everything that Deacon's picking so that mm. we can catch up. I see. Yeah. <laughs> You're making more sense. <laughs> I jumped to conclusions too quickly here, but all right. For Pickwick Lake, uh, I had my best tournament of the season. Uh, I had 1,282 points, uh, and I had David Mullins in 16th. Buddy Gross was the worst uh, finisher for me at 23rd. Jacob Fouts at 4th, Austin Felix at 11th, and Justin Atkins in 8th. So my best performance, but I think, what was the, what was the final weight? Do you guys remember? Was it like mid eighties, high eighties? I think it was like in the seventies. It wasn't. Oh well, bad. then if that's the case, I was way off on the weight. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, twelve hundred and eighty-two. Andy, yeah. what about you? All right, I had eleven sixteen. I had Hackney in forty seventh, Christie in twenty fifth, Clint Davis was my sore spot in sixty eighth. Then I had Cody Huff in second, and Brian Schmidt in sixth. How many points did you have? Uh, one, 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 six. One, 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 six. Okay. Let's tally this up here. (laughs) 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 All right. So I now have 18 points. Andy has 18 points. Bart has... 19 points. We're not in last anymore, boys. Bart's going to be double-dogging, man. <laughs> and Deacon with the last place finish. Making things really interesting for this home stretch. Three derbs left. At 15 points. So still leading. But leading but only by a tournament now. We're within range. We're one bad tournament. One good tournament from you and I, Andy. We could, we could take the lead here. Yeah. Are you trembling in your britches there, Deacon? I'm not trembling in my <laughs> not not till Oahi's over. Now he's setting us up to see setting up to smash because he's like, Yeah, I know Hawaii. You guys are all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we got that order of business out of the way. Let's start getting into the St. Lawrence River, which I think is an exciting event, but I want to go out there and just say, like, I love watching when they come to St. Lawrence. I love watching smallmouth get caught. Uh, just because that's my passion. But like at the same point in time, I do agree with a lot of folks that it does get old to see the same event every single year, same time of year. So I would like to see it change moving forward. Uh, and that being said, I'm sure our picks here are probably all going to be pretty streamlined. That is um, one thing it makes do in fantasy fishing. Yeah. Guys are so consistent here. Like right. the guys that catch them, catch them. Well, and really, unless if because especially because they're going out of Clayton, stuff on the lake stays pretty consistent year after year in terms of where they'll set up now not not to say that they won't move but the areas that they will set up there's only so many different places you know whereas the river there's a lot of different stuff that can change year after year in terms of not that there won't be fish there but will there be the right class of fish that will be there because that does tend to change on especially on the river um but what we'll try to do throughout this episode is try to We'll give you our picks, obviously, uh, but to try to pick out some notable names that might be under the radar, uh, who might who might do well that people aren't picking, or if you're tr- if you're down in points and want to try to give yourself a jump, that if you're trying to just be oddball picks, 
might be good for you. So we'll try to note those as well. Um, let's see. Let's start things off here. Andy, would you like to kick us off here for the St. Lawrence River sure. for Group A? I have a funny feeling that all four of us are probably going to pick um, him or his brother. So uh, I am running with Chris Johnston, who seems to just dominate there. And the reason why is Canada is open, and you're going to see some secret honey holes that are going to put out giants. Like, the Johnston's record on the St. Lawrence is virtually almost impeccable. Like, I think they win every single tournament they fish up there or finish, like, top three. Yeah, if you want to get a top ten here, I mean, if their last name's Johnson, you're probably going to You're have fishing it. for eight spots. <laughs> yeah. It's literally. Pretty much. Yeah, Group A is, is stacked, man. And I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm honestly shocked, though, that Chris is only at 35%, where Livesey, I think, has had the biggest percentage this year. I would have thought that Johnson's, or at least Chris, I, I guess being Chris and Corey are the same. I was going to say, that's, that's what it does for me. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if they weren't, I would go out on a limb and say Chris would have had the biggest percentage out mm. of everybody this year. I, I agree. I agree. But also, Polonix in that bucket. I mean, and Team Bass Hat Pack throwing out some facts here. I like the stat stuff going back and. It has burned me, but it also helps me a lot as far as looking at past performances. I mean, let's see if we can get his comment here. Uh, showing Polonix finishes here are extremely strong, even compared to the Johnston brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the nod for me, though, also is going to the Johnston brothers. I, Canada's open. See what they do here. And it's not just the – that's the thing. Is like You can't look at these stats of all the Canadian opens and – all the other events that they have fished. I mean, you can to some extent, but it takes a lot more time than just the Bassmaster website. So I'm also following Andy's footsteps in going with Chris. Um, I think they both are phenomenal anglers and they'll work together, but I think Corey won the last one, so Chris will win this one. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty damn straightforward. Um, I was about to say Bart's pick, but I was still on his pickwick, and I was like, why the hell did he pick Scott Canterbury? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he did get a top 10 there uh, three, the first year they went there when he was on the tour, uh, if I remember correctly. So that would make kind of sense. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, like, Chris and Corey go 1-2 because of everything they know on the Canadian side that guys haven't been able to fish for four or five years. Well, and, and Andy – you might know this a little bit better than I will. Um, and what we should have done is we should have called up our boy, Mr. Dean Meckis, who's actually a full-time guide up there, one of the best on that river and knows the lake. I want to say the Canadian stuff is a little bit further behind than the American stuff in terms of like spawning and stuff, right? So they might it, be a little bit. It usually is too, because that's where your main current is going to be. So um, you're going to have cooler temps on the Canadian side. So, um, it tends to hold fish shallower too than other parts of the lake longer just because of the current and cleaner bottom. So the, the further you get away from direct current, the more grass and algae and slime that you'll get on that hard bottom. So that's where the current comes to play on that Canadian side. I got you. Well, for, for Bart's pick shocker, he is also going Chris Johnston. Um, and because I don't want this to be a boring show for the folks. 
about 10 minutes before the show, I also had Chris Johnson. But knowing that we're all going to have Chris Johnson, I wanted to change things up. And I know this could either hurt me or it could be only a, a sacrifice of, say, 20 points. I don't know. Uh, but it all could be also could be miraculous. Are you going BP? Uh, BP? I am hoping to watch a YouTube video on BMP fishing of Brandon Polinick taking oh. down the Johnston brothers. It's very possible. And I am going with Brandon Polinick because, boys, there's a trend with having a baby on the Elite Series. It's true. Yeah. I'm yeah. going Brandon Polinick, man. The, the BP is going to get his second win on the St. Lawrence River. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going with. If anybody can figure out something on that Canadian side, it will be him. Well, and you're days. telling me that he hasn't spent time out there trying to figure out that Canadian oh, stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I would not doubt it for a second. All right, Andy, take us into group B. This is really going to work. It's going to start getting interesting in terms of if we're going to be different or not. Oh, I doubt we'll be different here. Uh, Taku, uh, I'm going to smallmouth Disneyland all day in group B. Just because he's fished two tournaments there. He's won one and he had a top 10 in the other. It's hard to go against him. And uh, yeah, um, Matt Boyd, I would not be surprised if some smallmouth are still spawning, but um, there will be very few at this point. It just wrapped up on my end of Erie on the Canadian shoreline. And Ontario tends to be usually one week behind. So they'll probably be... That's the only thing I'm worried about the Canadian side is that they could be in that weird post-spawn funk where somebody catches like a 23 and a half inch giant and it's only like four and three quarters because it's so spawned out. Like that's look up the moon phase real quick. Oh, it should be dead smack and like full moon. If, <laughs> Dude, it could get weird on Ontario. <laughs> it could get really, really weird. You could have fish shallow that have no reason being shallow. All right, let's see. Because the week, full moon in June was the 10th through the 15th, if I remember correctly. Next week, it's Thursday the 14th, correct? That's when the tournament starts? Yeah. So the 14th of July. It's got to be close. Smack dab freaking full moon. <laughs> yeah. I, I, pay, I, I pay pretty close to lunar charts. All I have to say is I hope nobody's listening outside of this is that they will catch them shallow on a full moon. Oh and you're there. The first two hours are going to be so crucial that you're going to have to get 90 98% of your weight in the morning. And you're going to see a crazy lull for the guys that are shallow. And if it's sunny and slick calm at one o'clock, that shallow bite's going to kick off again. I'm calling it now. It, it happens on my end of Erie. We get in on a full moon in the summer. It's the guy to listen to. We have a crazy shallow bite on a full moon for the first hour to two hours. And then that bite dies until one o'clock in the afternoon. Then it turns right back on. But it has to be. But there'll still be guys fishing just out, right? I mean, yeah. You're saying like there'll be some magic happening shallow. There'll be shallow first thing in the morning, and then right before they run in. So whoever figures out the shallow deal early and has stuff deeper will catch them all day. But if guys ride that shallow bite all day, they will struggle for five hours out of the day. Hmm. Oh, dude. That makes me like <laughs> rethink my whole strategy. <laughs> He's like, shit. <laughs> but, so, but 
hear me out. The guys who fish deep the entire time, you might see a lot of guys running around in the morning because a deep bite on a full moon never starts early. It takes them a little bit yeah. to get going. But so if, if a guy knows how to adjust, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Whoever adjusts the best in this tournament throughout the day and can chase fish – is Johnson's. going to whop them. And that's why I'm saying Corey and Chris Johnson, are probably going to go one BP, and two. Gussie. Yeah. Man, we're going to get into it in a second. But there's a, there's a few guys that I would – more than a few that I think that would know how to adjust to that, though, being in the Great Lakes. I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot of guys in this field that can really do well. Yeah. Long time. Uh, and we so we pointed out it, it is New York and it is the Great Lakes and it is a week out. But if it were to hold to fruition, which 99% of the time it does not, um Thursday is max north northwest at six miles an hour. Glass calm. Friday is northwest seven. So you got it. I mean, basically glass to a little bit of chop. But then it's southwest both Saturday and Sunday, eight to ten, which can get a little bit choppy. Not bad. I mean, not bad at all. But it's it will kind of make the shallow a little bit interesting on the Canadian side. Mm-hmm. Um but either way, getting into – Deacon, you have your pick? Did you pick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Bucket B, I'm with Andy too, man. This is like kind of the lame part about this show, but I've got Taku. Um, I think, though, my biggest reasoning, like, okay, look at his last two years finishing here. He's done phenomenal. He's a guy who puts in more time than anybody as far as finding sneaky boulders and, I mean, stuff that's not going to move. You know, I mean, he's probably spent 50 days mm-hmm. on Bond. And here's a quick tidbit too that maybe a lot of our viewers don't know. Um, so I didn't mean to cut you off there, Adam, but Canada on Lake Ontario in the St. Lawrence, I believe, is now open for catch and release all year. As to where New York side is closed, oh. but you can launch on the New York side and run over and fish. So I wonder Canada how side. many guys looked up that regulation and went early and didn't That's post talk about it. Wow. Because, yeah, you could go up and fish Canada early this year. I bet mm. you guys did that for yeah. sure. Oh, 100%. Um, okay, but another thing with Taku, I mean, okay, Bailey was saying some of the weather forecasts. I think it's hard to predict the weather this early, like he said. Um, but as per usual, I think there'll be like one or two calm days and two days where it might be bad on the lake. I think Taku is comfortable now. He's even said it in running bigger water. He's gotten a lot more comfortable with that and – being that they're launching so close to the lake. I think that's part of my strategy here is first of all, the Johnstons, they don't give a crap. They're going to go no matter what talk is getting more comfortable in it. So I'm going to kind of ride that train as far as to some extent of who's, who's comfortable in rough water and, and running the lake. And a lot of these guys are, but some guys definitely still don't, don't want to always go. Yeah. Yeah. There's um there's the comfort level of being used to four footers and laughing about them. <laughs> and then there is just straight insanity of Great Lakes fishermen that love six footers. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I have been in the Great Lakes when there's four and six footers, and those fish chew all day long. They don't stop eating. And half the time, all you see is wave, sky, water, wave, sky, water. It's uh it's a roller coaster ride. <laughs> There's Chris. There goes Chris. There's like, Chris. There goes Chris. <laughs> the, to put an example, you know how when you're on a plane and you like go up and you descend, and sometimes with the jet lag, you feel like you're like taking off and landing. Yep. It's the same way with rough water smallmouth fishing. You get home and you're standing in the kitchen, you find yourself like swaying back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so true though. Like 
oh, it's hilarious. And you just kind of get used to it. And because yeah. we have more below, more below days than non below days, and true small mouth guys just go. Ah, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like 12-footers? Ah, whatever. Low and slow. <laughs> Low and slow. Yeah. We'll make it. It might take us a while, but we'll make it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so really fast, one thing I think we forgot to mention, because it has been a while since we had a fantasy fishing show, is that we do have prizes up for grabs tonight, guys, from Omnia Fishing, Queen Tackle, Hobie Eyewear, and our friends over at Humberbird, Minkota. Uh, and with that, boys, I am kicking it off here, because Matt Boyd uh, got us down a big rabbit hole here is that a $25 Omnia gift card is going to our buddy, Mr. Matt Boyd here. So, Matt, get in touch with us. Email, social, however is easier for you, and we'll get you that code for $25 at our uh, Omnia Fishing website. Uh, Or if you're using the Omnia Fishing app, which makes life a lot easier. The greatest thing ever for any tackle junkie is the Omnia (laughs) Fishing app. A couple taps and you got your shit. Yeah. Um, True. So to keep that train rolling here for picks uh bart went a different route because i'll just start out there because you guys made the points already i'm also going taku because i am also a, just a giant taku fan right uh but bart oh. is going jeff gustafson because i think is also a solid pick for this one he, yeah he's normally like top 20s to 25th i think there. he's always been consistent he's never been knocked down you know knockout drag out type of deal but he's uh i'll catch him you never know though because like again he's a small mouth guy he knows his way mm-hmm. around him you know, it's just a couple of the, uh, things where he has some ex- more experience here. He could figure more things out. And it's Gussie. He's a damn good angler. He'll, mm-hmm. You can count on him for a top 20. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, there are a couple picks in here that I think are being majorly slept on. If you want to try to make some moves, you know, make some waves in this group, there are two people that I have my eye on here to potentially have a pretty good tournament. Not saying that they're going to top five, but it could be top 15. Uh, one of them is Jacob Fouts. Grew up on the Great Lakes. Has a lot of experience on Erie. Uh, and it has also fished the river. So he it's has experience. Sneaker pick. It's a sneaky pick. With that also being said, another young guy that has a lot of experience in the Great Lakes and with small mouth is Jay Shakurit, who's having a great year. Two guys to keep your eye on for that group if you're trying to get away from the 41% and the 30% of Gussie and Taku. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason Christie's always deadly, but I'm actually surprised that Jason Christie's at 9%, to be honest. I don't think he's ever done great up there, but if he, he finds like fish on sand where he can yeah, he crack him with a flip right? Yeah, ripping a tube out of like sand grass. If and there's anyone that's going to get up shallow with 20 pound tests and a spinnerbait and burn it, it's going to be Christie. Now that, like, now that we're talking like hot takes, can we throw a hot take out there real fast? Please, and we have it. yet to see an elite series event on the St. Lawrence and Lake Ontario where somebody catches them burning a spinnerbait, and that is an actual deal there. It, dude, yes. It is like, so much fun, too. Like, you might like, not win, but you have the most fun out of everybody. <laughs> like, you will catch – like, our buddy – I I think Joe LaBarbera – I'm going to call him out here real fast in the Bass Open last year – caught him doing that so Sounds later fun. in the year yeah so um is a lot of i caught i caught i caught a four pounder during that open as a co-angler burning a spinnerbait yeah and there's nothing like a giant great lake small there's there's no better bite than catching a great lake smallie on one top water or two a spinnerbait like you'll never change my mind on that because they've ripped the rod out of your hand burning a chapo 
Yeah. Hey, we should That's touch real quick. I know we're like getting not we're this is a fantasy fishing show, but um do you guys have any takes, especially YouTube being familiar with it? I've never been up there, but Oneida with the open going on currently, this is a live show. What uh what are your guys' takes there? Uh I'm pulling from my boy Casey Smith, hometown dude, to win it all and go to the classic. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's, but it's it's twenty pounds. I mean, dude, the weights are so much better than last year. They're fantastic. I was just looking at the consistency of it. I was blown away. It'll be interesting what happens tomorrow because sometimes these big tournaments, the weights tend to fall off day two. But sure. that's where the home field advantage comes in. Like anybody, yeah, so northern that, boys do a lot better. Yeah, because they have those sneaky one-two fish spots that they can hop around to that they haven't burned yet that other people have burned their primary areas just to get to where they are. Yeah. So yeah, I think your guys that's, that are local are going to, you're going to see them stick around in that top 10. The guys, especially guys that have history there and know that Oneida is very unique in how it sets up and how finicky those fish can get. Um, and I think you still see those weight, the, the winning and the top three weights stay up there, but I think you're going to see a big drop off come okay. Saturday because of the amount of pressure. Uh, but also that they're not going to get a big wind all weekend. So it's going to be the same conditions as today, rolling forward for the rest of the weekend. So I think you have the guys that are that don't want wind. You're going to see that their patterns are going to hold up throughout the weekend. Got it. You might even see some more largemouth show up, being that there's not going to be a lot of wind. I saw the guy leading it had one big green one. If that's where it's it's turning into Oneida. I mean, granted, you say that for the north, really, especially if there's a big uh, prevalence of smallmouth. Is guys will go and they'll get their limit, you know, 16, 17 pounds of smallmouth, and then go look for one big green one. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, so a big pattern a lot of people try to do. Five or six pounder. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah, if you find it, if you get your pa- your bag of smallmouth and say it's a multi day event and you can get that there's in four no, hours, there's no point in burning your right. fish the next day to gain exactly. three ounces. Yeah. You, know you get your limit in four hours. It gives you four hours to go find one big green one, one five pounder, which in the north, you give and them you somebody to have fun. Hours. give me the big stick and let's go swing all right i've used my wimpy rods i got my 17 pounds and i can only upgrade a little i'm gonna go i will say i will say the guys catching the brown ones i i'd bet a lot of money they're not using fairy wands the way they're catching yeah right now probably not i i can almost guarantee no i'm talking talking carolina rig 20 pound test cracking them hmm. like carolina rig or a football jig or for the sake yeah. of the guys that are doing well doing it i don't want to talk anymore about it <laughs> yeah i i, I, I know, know where you're going. watching this yeah i i, I know i know where you're going bailey and i'll i'll keep my mouth closed on it so yeah uh, if if who i think is going to do well will do well we'll get them on the show coming up here soon we'll we'll try to unravel that maybe maybe we won't because I like to fish on night, and I don't want to unravel that. <laughs> All right, back to the topic at hand of the St. Lawrence River. Um, I think we're getting into Group C. I think we went through everyone's picks in that bar. I, I like Jesse. this hashtag, Team the Captain. So I oh, wonder if that is second up. me. I, I like that. So uh, we're going to throw Brad here. The oh, you sold out. Sold out so quick. I love it. So, he gets famous for five seconds. And here he <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Oh, nah, kudos, man. Flex when you can flex. Yeah. What hey, is he getting? 
Oh, the Hummingbird Swag Pack. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's All right, Brad, get in touch with us, man. Uh, we'll get you some Hummingbird Minkota Dakota swag. And even if it wasn't directed at me, it's still awesome. So I don't know who <laughs> else. Yeah, he completely different. He's like, oh, I can't believe that worked. Cool. <laughs> I just put out the random words of the captain and I won a prize pack. Wow. Would you look at Team that? Team the <laughs> captain. I like it. Chris Flay oh, is saying the opens gallery was full of spinning rods and drop shots. Barry Wands play. Of man. course, they're hiding everything. Oh, yeah, you know, no. You can't no, trust no, that no, crowd. No, 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 no. No, the gallery of them fishing. Oh. Well, here's one thing to remember, too, is the gallery is not always the guys that are actually cracking them. That's true, especially day one. Day especially. Two. And then not day three, though. Day you three. also got to look at the, the subtitle under that gal- that picture to see who the picture's of. Well, yeah. I mean, like, then what's nice about rap boats and stuff. It's like, okay, well. True. You look at the side of their boat, and you're like, I know who that is. Yeah. Unless it's so, uh, Chris Zaldane's cameraman, the guy that took his old boat, and you're like, "Is that Zaldane going on the dry, uh, the road?" And he gets out to get gas. Like, yeah, nope, that's not Zaldane. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, I think his name's like Johnny Go Places, whatever. Sorry, total off topic, but super cool dude. Sorry, Perfect. carry on. I say Team Bass Pack has a question here. He wants to know: Do we think the smallmouth are going to be in school this time of year? Does he mean like uh, watered up? Yes, and oh, I'm going oh, yeah. to say yes and no. Because on Erie, this time of year when it gets to be post-spawn funky where I'm at, when you find wads of them, they tend to be smaller fish, two to three pounders. In the post-spawn, the big ones tend to separate themselves for whatever reason. And Mm. you'll go all day and catch a bunch of two to three and a half pounders. And then you'll find one random rock, not random like you have it, but you find a rock. And you'll pull up and there'll be two fish on it and you'll catch one of them. It'll be a four to five and a half. Well, there's something to be said too. Is like, say your boat's positioned on a big school and you're catching three, three, three and a half, three, three, three. And you just make an errant, like 45 degree angle cast off at school. Six. Yeah. Dude, that's what I, I mean, that was so, so cool. I mean, it's small mount anywhere. Right. But especially there, I was practicing a day with Hugh who's doing well on a night about hey, it's like 20th, right? 21st. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, but we were out on the lake, and like, I mean, dude, like he was catching them specifically on on scope, on boulders and stuff. And I'm just like, man, I'm gonna just start casting this way. I'm gonna start catching this way. And like, I mean, I was catching big ones, like just you know, bombing stuff. And those fish were he was consistently catching smaller ones. But it's just, I don't know. I love that about those places. Yeah, I find a lot of the time, once you hit post-spawn into summer, if you find a wad, like a school of fish, they group up in size. So, like, and usually the max weight you can get out of, like, a wad of fish is 22, maybe 23 pounds. If you want to get up into that 25 to 27-pound class, you have to catch your 21 to 22 pounds and then start fishing isolated stuff that you know to get those two to three to four big bites so once you get your limit that's why you'll like if you watch bass track you'll see you guys get their limit really quick and then it almost seemingly takes them all day to upgrade because they're catching one big one here one big one there the big ones tend to isolate themselves and you might find that school of fish that's on that perfect boulder with some gravel underneath and some shell around it and all of a sudden you'll see like a little bit of rock off to the right of it. And that's where that big one will be sitting more to the left. They're always just there, but they're off. And that's 
where like I, I hate to keep circling back to the Johnsons. They know every little rock about that place. <laughs> so and smallmouth go back to the same spots every oh God, yeah. single year because the bottom doesn't change like in your shallow reservoirs down south that you get a big flood and they change 37 times a year from a ton of current smallmouth fisheries tend to stay the same and set up the same every single year yeah quick comment here of from team s i'm guessing that's south florida fishing will it be a smallmouth tournament or a mixed bag it's going to be straight up smallmouth stuff. You're going to see mixed bags. You're going to see guys that go for largemouth. You'll probably see a nice 23 pound largemouth bag, but you're only going to see it for one day and then it's going to be done. But the guys that are going to win it are going to be straight brown fish, all five each, every single day. for. Can, I, can a guy top 10 on it? Like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can. I okay. beg to differ, man. I beg it, to differ. If it was going out of Waddington, I would say yes. But because they're going out of Clayton, ninety-eight percent of the field is going to be in the lake. I gotta disagree. Hmm. I, I know there's some damn good. I don't know. Well oh, there's giant largemouth in there, and, and that's what I'm saying. If it was Waddington and the lake was closed, absolutely. Like a Hackney did it before in the past during this almost the same time frame because the I river fish are pure post spawn right now. Day one, day one, there will be a giant largemouth bag. Not a giant, I shouldn't say giant, but a top 10 largemouth bag. Oh, yeah, somebody's going to catch and then a they'll six be counter. They'll yeah. be done. Yeah. But, no, I'm saying, like, they're going to have 23, 24 pounds of green ones because there's good mm-hmm. largemouth spot large spots in, like, reachable out of Clayton that are very good. Oh, there's one sneaky. that's, like, 15 minutes away, like, that is just loaded with largemouth. Yeah. But it's uh can you dissect it fast enough and it's absolutely to die for like if you know what fishing clean milfoil looks like you will just like be in heaven when you see this yeah if you if you see it but all right back to our picks here we keep going on tangents it's almost like this is a serious angler podcast or something Um, (laughs) did we even start our picks for group c yet uh danny did you go yet no, but uh, right. I'll go. Let it rip. My, my group C, and I'm going off a Toyota Costa event there a few years ago that I believe Josh Douglas fished and did really well in. So uh, somebody knows smallmouth, he knows electronics, knows how they set up on isolated boulders because of all of his time on the lacks there in Minnesota. I think Josh Douglas in group C is almost a no-brainer for when it comes to smallmouth spinning tackle he just knows how to do it and get finicky fish highly pressured fish to bite and that's important in the post spawn because they might not be pressured but they are finicky i mean talk about a guy that knows how to run rock piles for one or two bites and yep. run a lot of them all yep. day long uh with how malax likes to fish um i mean that is why i'm also going josh douglas and i'm genuinely surprised at how high fighter is and how low Douglas is wow. Fifty-seven. Yeah, four percent. The yeah. last time Fighter fished the lake out of Clayton, I, oh. he did okay, but he didn't do. I think he caught like seventeen oh, no. a day. I mean, Fighter? No, he top ten last year. La- no, wait. Well, la- he finished. No, no, wait, no, he didn't. He fished top twenty. Yeah, he finished top he twenty. Finished just thirteenth. He finished thirteenth and twenty-one. He's catching about chatterbait, wasn't he? And then in twenty-two, see what he finished. Yeah, twenty-one. He finished thirteenth, but he was only catching like. 
17 or 18 a day if I'm because they're in that funky post spawn period in the lake. Hey, he's done well. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say he's oh, like, no. I mean, he's finished 18th and he finished 13th. Those yeah, are two yeah. great fantasy finishes. Well, he knows smallmouth, he's gonna catch him in the last yeah. two. Okay, there's a couple guys that are pretty good now, but I'm gonna wait until Deacon makes his pick to talk. Yeah, about what about Bart? Or I can go oh, first. Bart also went Josh Douglas, shocker, Minnesota. Wow. I'm the only one cutting the grain, and I think you guys are grossly missing somebody here. Micah Frazier? Nope. Micah's huh. not a bad pick. Uh, yeah. I went with Clark Wendlet. Ooh. 2020, he finished eighth. 2021, he finished third. Yeah. The guy goes to the lake every time. And he has gone on camera and air and said, I don't care what the weather is. I've been up here enough. I trust my equipment. I'll go. Like, if it's it, blowing six-footers, he's going to go. And he fishes the same exact spot. And he catches them. And he catches them. Because, as we said before, smallmouth don't change. He also Every year, they go to the same spot, regardless. He spent a lot of time there. That is for sure. I mean, that's like, dude, if you compare those two finishes in the last two years to the Johnstons, the Polynix, like it's right there or better. Like, that's what's crazy about it. Or in the Takus. Like, I like Clark. I like Clark a lot. I really like that pick. I just can't pick him. I don't know why. I just can't trust him ever since he won AOI. He, 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 he does have trust issues. I don't think <laughs> he has trust apply. issues. <laughs> I don't think those apply at the same Lawrence River for him. Like there's certain guys that have trust issues in the elite series. And there's honestly a good amount of them that ha- I have learned my lessons in fantasy fishing. And he is probably one of them, mm-hmm. but not here. Like, I think, I think he's going to do well. I, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. There, I mean, there's some other ones here, dude. I mean, like Andy pointed out where he thought your pick was Micah Frazier. Micah's one here. Micah's I don't remember how good 10. he did last year. Top 10. Um, well, Micah had kind of an off year last year. Let's see I how think, he finished last year. I think he finished top 10 because he was on live on day four, uh, dragging nice. in a rig. Uh, 2021, he finished 34th. Oh, it's still a good fantasy finish. Yeah. That's what he did in 2020. Bob Downey, finished another with a Midwest That's guy. He finished fifth That's in 2020. Good with smallmouth. Greg De Palma, no stranger the St. Lawrence. Travels mm-hmm. with Ike, knows about the good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, don't count out Lee Livesey. I think was like twenty second last year or something like that. These yeah. guys are figuring out those northern bodies. Chad Pipkins, another guy that understands smallmouth. Another guy that I can't trust on fantasy fishing. Love, love you, Chad, but I can't trust you on fantasy fishing. Uh, there's a couple here, man. I mean, it, it's season an interesting one. I, I just can't seem to go with a sixty percentile here. I, I think this is going to be Josh Douglas's top ten of the year. Yeah. I like it. All right. Group D. This one is where we're going to get in. It's really going to be interesting if I can talk here. Um, Andy kicks off. Bernie Schultz. The guy just catches. I love how you just go away with the name. Like, no, like, if you you watch live, I think it was either two years ago or last year when they had a live camera on him. He's always like in the top 10 on the St. Lawrence or top 15. He used to spend his summer on the St. Lawrence river after the elite season concluded. That guy knows how to catch them shallow and he knows where they live. He stays in the river. He stays in the river and he burns one section 
of the river down for four days, and by day four, he can hardly catch a limit, but he still <laughs> catches 20 pounds. That's exactly right. <laughs> because he burns down the same stretch every single year. Like, Bernie Schultz is the safest pick in Group D for me to catch Deacon. I agree. Group D. <laughs> safest pick is Bernie, eh? Yes. I think that's the safest pick. I'm right there with him. I'm going to disagree. Who's the safest pick then? Austin Felix. No. Felix has done well, and those were the two I was debating between the two, Bailey. And is that so that's your pick, right? No. No. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm, I'm fact checking Andy right now. Let's see. 2021. Dude, he's right. Bernie Schultz. Go back like the, the last 20 years. 2020. <laughs> let's see. 2020. 15th. Like, you go back. I'm not saying he's wrong. I just wanted a fact check just for the, the heck of it. Bernie okay. Schultz catches him every year. This he'll, he'll do terrible all year, and he shows up there and he catches at the twenty pounds every day. Twenty seventeen. on Bernie 12. Schultz on Bassmaster. I would say more than fifty percent of them are at the same. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold, hold. Oh yeah, hold. he must have had a bad year. 2015, 15th. Okay, 2013. <laughs> so there's a pattern here. There's a 15, pattern. Every 15, other 12. year, he sucks. No, that's not not even sucks. Don't even like. I, Every come other on. year, he's not top twenty. So 2021, because they seem to go to St. Lawrence, Lawrence River every single year. That means this year, he's not going to top twenty. No, every other year. even if he finishes twenty first, it's a great safe a fantasy. And in Group B, are you kidding me, Bailey? I will take that any day of the week. Holy crap! Oh god, <laughs> Ryan Crowley, right here. He had boat issues. One That's year. his one. That is why year, he did not do good. Go look. Go look. It's 2021, 2019, 2017, 2015, 2013. Granted, those are probably the years every other year they go to St. Lawrence, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I feel like they've like the last six years they've gone to St. Lawrence River. Only for like the he last is three. one of the top ten most consistent anglers on the St. Lawrence River, and I'll say that. <laughs> like, uh, there's no doubt. Hey, I'm just trying to add entertainment. There, and he could bomb. I'm saying all this times hundred. Uh, there so has to be the- in the St. Lawrence River because he's yeah. gonna wacky sanko up them on a cypress tree. And he's gonna catch him doing some random thing on the St. Lawrence River, and he's gonna head towards Waddington and make a left and fish right on the Canadian line. Whack him! <laughs> he he caught him on my favorite technique ever. He was catching him on that little swim bait. I was really jealous yeah. watching live last year. Uh, no, I, 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 more I'm not discounting your your point, Andy. I'm not discounting your point at all. There, there needs to be a devil's advocate in these shows. So no, I was gonna fine. do it. I'll do it. Oh, <laughs> I hope you do. I want you to be my devil's advocate. <laughs> okay. Well, with that said, I still think Felix is the safest pick here. I mean, granted, you can't beat consistency, but I'm going to still roll with That Felix. doesn't mean he's the safest pick. Don't take Brock <laughs> Mosley. Do not take Brock Mosley. I'm not taking Brock Mosley. <laughs> but with talking about Felix, Bart is taking Felix. Shocker. Minnesota guy. Uh, no, I'm going a different direction. I thought Felix is a good pick. I... I'm going a different direction here. He's 4.1%, and people are sleeping on him right now, even though he top five at the Open last year. Similar time of year, Jonathan Kelly. That's a good pick. That was like another guy that I was thinking was a dark horse. He's not even shouldn't be a dark horse. There's a couple dark horses in this one, dude, that we'll get into Mm -hmm. if you don't pick him, Deacon. 
no, I, my my pick. I'm right with Andy. Andy and I are like aligned on a lot of these here, but I, I'm with Bernie as well. Bernie's consistency numbers. Yeah. Should we just roll into some dark horses here that we're looking at on D? Yeah. yeah. Breakout tournament. Oh wait, he's not in this bucket. Never mind. I was getting all hyped up to let his name rip, but he's in bucket E. <laughs> we'll wait till bucket E. You know who could um, be a surprise pick though is Maddie Wong. He seems to catch them in places you don't expect him to, and he's so used to clear water from California. California guys tend to do well on smallmouth fisheries. Sure. Almost has he, always. Has he ever seen a river fishery like this though? I don't know, but he's been on Cuba the last two days, so he's used to clear water. Well, there's clear water, though, and there's clear three-mile-an-hour current moving water, and then there's six-footers on a lake. I mean, that's completely different than the West Coast. There's There's a difference. Lucas and Ayler and all those guys have had time out here. Not to, mention, not to mention, I hate to say, yeah, Matt, Maddie's fresh too. And I, the only thing that's got me thinking a little bit, Maddie Wong, was there was a guy I was talking to when we were up there for the Open Bailey that was catching his fish or, or seeing so many fish on a glide bait. And every once in a while, he'd get one to eat. But the majority of what he was doing, and he, I think he, I mean, he cashed a check. I think he finished in the 20s in that Open. Get some to draw and then pick draw him and drop then a drop shot, dude. And he smoked him doing that. Like yeah. that's a very West Coast thing. Like a lot of guys do that. But Andy, that, Andy that what was I just said, telling you? Huh? Oh, I know. We, we were literally just talking about this. Like our buddy Tyler Manthe and I, we'd go up to the Canadian side of Lake Erie. Uh-huh. I'd throw the glide, and you'd roll in like five, six pounders, and he'd catch with hair. Tournament with hair, yes. Fantastic. Hell yes. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Keep going, Deacon. Yeah. No, you're good. But what I will say about the Lucas and the Aylers and the West Coast guys that have done very well up there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna also say, I mean, we're about to have not in this uh, on for BASS, but we're about to have Major League Fishing Pro Circuit on Champlain, looking at like a Loberg, like all those guys out west, man. First of all, they do well because they're used to clear water. Here's the other thing: I think Maddie Wong doesn't quite maybe have the the boating experience for the big water. But all those Western guys, don't get me wrong, there's nothing like the North when it comes to big water. But I can tell you right now, Lake Mead gets giant. Like some of these Western fisheries, it's a desert, and it's and it's wild. And a lot of those guys have spent some time in some big water. So Maddie Wong fishes a lot of salt water. Waves will not intimidate But him. he fishes from the shore. And he goes out on boats out of Hawaii when oh, he goes home. He drives the boats. Yeah, I don't know. And that's also a giant center console if he does. <laughs> Tell you what, if they could have 30-foot center consoles on this thing, it'd be Oh, sick. dude. <laughs> I'm surprised the Johnsons aren't rolling like a 522D every single year just so like for the St. Lawrence River that they're just better suited. Huh. The issue fun, is fun, quite... fact, fun fact, Chris Johnson does not have a hot foot. That's, that's wild. That's wild to me, too. I like having two hands on the wheel. Hmm. No, no, oh, he means. has two hands on the wheel. He's <laughs> just gone. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, it is a ranger, which means it only runs about 64. So let's, go, let's get the lead. Let's get the lead well, it might be 64, but it's like 68 when you ramp off those freighter waves. <laughs> really wakes you up in the morning. <laughs> He's like, are you ready, boy? Hold on. Oh, there wasn't no, you ready, boy? It's just hammer down. <laughs> That's freaking fantastic Definitely i tell so many people that story daily. Oh, like, this has to be a wild ride in a bass kayak seriously but good god Holy terrifying crap. 
I want to know, like, I want to know why. I should have asked Chris why. Like, what is the the theory behind it? <laughs> just hammer down and go. He doesn't yeah, want to have no to worry worries. about it. No, <laughs> no worries. Just <laughs> like it's <laughs> on a long run in six footers. I just want to just just coast. I just want to eat. <laughs> yeah. I just want to eat. <laughs> oh God. Um, did we give all our picks already? No, we need to do Group E, bud. Well, no, I'm saying for Group D, did all of us give our picks? Oh, Bart. Uh, no, but I already said Bart. He was doing Felix. Uh, uh I mean, remember when Bart said Felix was going to win AOI? <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, though, after last year, I'd say that's a, good, a decent pick. I mean, Felix was, was hot last year, too. Yeah. But every event was a spawn derby, it seemed like. Except for Pickwick. I feel like this year's every year's been a spawn derby, except for Chick. I mean, Chick was actually, never mind, take that back. Chick was kind of a spawn derby. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, well, we can we can get in that at the end of the year. Pitter patter. Uh, Hunter Shrek, that's another one that could be a good top 20, top 25 pick. All right, I'm going to do a giveaway. Oh, here we go. Donald Wiley, man. Good evening from Scotland. I like it. You just really like to just ramp up the damn shipping on us, don't you, bud? (laughs) Don't you, bud? We don't ship outside of the country. Do you have a place in the U.S., Donald? (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't think that through, Bailey. I love where your head's at, though. I just thought it was unique, man. Scotland, that's cool. We got to have some listeners from out of the country. You know what? No, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. Donald, okay. send send us. I mean, if you do have a place in the state, you have a U.S. Call. address. Send us that. If you don't, or Canadian, we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. Either way, get closer. in touch with us. Get in touch with us. We're gonna send you some. I want to send you some serious angler close. swag, regardless. Uh, if we can send you, what, what did you want to give him, Deacon? Uh, let's do the Omnia. Uh, we already gave the Omnia to oh, Matt Boyd. Never we mind. have the Omnia, or we have the Queen Tackle gift card and the Hobie Eyewear shades. Let's do the Hobie Eyewear shades. Hobie Eyewear. Okay. Ooh, I love it. Hobie going international. International. Let's go. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Donald, get in touch with us. We're going to try our damnness to get you that stuff because I want to get you some serious angler swag and also these Hobie Hour shades. But in the case that we can't, there's still going to be another pair of Hobie Hour shades up for grabs. So it's still up there, folks. So if you're in the States... We have our, our homeland, Hopi. I wear shades still for grabs. We'll give away two pairs tonight. How about that? I like it. All right. Let's let them rip, boys. Donald, yeah. dude, that's freaking badass. R- real quick on the Hobie shades. Did we give away the new ones that got released this year? The the Hanks? Uh, hey, no, that's in episode 300. That's in that uh, giveaway that's going on on the Serious Angler uh, social media. Tuesday. Episode Tuesday. 300. Yeah, episode 300 uh, is on Tuesday night, guys. So if you want to tune into that live stream, it's going to be pretty dang rowdy, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and again, that big giveaway, like giant giveaway, lithium batteries, $200 gift card of Blackfish gear, Omnia swag pack, do it mold swag pack. That's all going down on the Serious Angler social media, Instagram and Facebook. Head over there. You can enter super easy and uh, get under to win. So without further ado, also really quick, I am a... Scottish accents are my absolute favorite, so I'm a big fan of Donald from the get-go. Nice. Uh, so I'm so, really hoping we can plan a trip to go catch salmon in Scotland now. <laughs> some Atlantics. No, Plant Donald, seeds. don't give Plant us your address on here. No, but... not in the chat. Not in the chat. <laughs> oh, so, Donald, in the description, we have our email. Just send us an email with your address, and we'll go from there. Yeah, go to the on show YouTube notes. description. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. 
But uh, back Who's to that? the Maddie Wong talk real fast. I apologize. The one thing that you're disregarding is tidal water in the Delta. I'm sure he's fished the Delta. And when you have an outgoing tide on the Delta, that thing rips. I just don't know how the Delta year. plays like with St. Lawrence, though, dude. I mean, that's... It, it's just current. Okay, He has surprised me more times than not this oh, year. Oh, yeah. And we'll say dude, that I mean, hands down. 10 out of 10. Yeah. I'm always going to root for Maddie. Anyway. I love the guy dearly, but it's like... I just don't know. It's hard for Where's me to he pick. He's sitting him. AOI. I'm curious because he's had a lot of like ups and downs. Probably fifth, probably middle of the pack because he's had like four really good finishes and a couple of bombs. And he's sitting sixty the bombs. Sixty fifth. Sixty fifth. It's not bad. I mean, like you look at the people who's around. You got John Cruz is below him. You got Hunter Shryock. I mean, like some hammers, dude. It's not bad to be in your rookie season. Let's uh. Let's start diving into where we got. What we got? We got E left, right? Yeah, we went through D. All right. E. Andy. Take it E, 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 E. Hold on one second. Yep. Okay. So E, I am sticking on like the Japanese trend here. And I'm going with Dice K. And I've pronounced his name wrong in the past. Um Dice K. I, I think I said Daisuke in the past. And um nice. But uh, some insider knowledge there. Um, I heard he knows some of the areas that the Johnston brothers fish. Mm-hmm. So we might see a rivalry or some yelling matches on the water this week on the live camera. So I am going to. I'm just. I don't take. know how efficient that would be, though, because like, I, I mean, Dice K seems super cool, but the dude doesn't know any English. So <laughs> if someone's yelling at him. I don't think he'll know. Like, hi. <laughs> <He'll be> laughing. <laughs> Yeah, get off my hold, bud. And he's just like, "Oh, good job." <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't I, think that's, I don't think it's gonna be a problem. It, it's just something about like Japanese anglers who come over to the U.S. The first thing they seem to always resonate with, for the most part, is offshore fishing and smallmouth. It's true. Yeah, like. Lake Biwa, one of the most pressured fisheries in the world over there in Japan, is all offshore, super clear water. They just figure it out. Yeah. All right. Deacon. Man, I, I went kind of back and forth with Dice K and with Iconelli, and I've got such a safe, I feel like, fantasy team. And I'm like, man, I'm going for it in groupie. Uh, I'm going with our boy Alex Redwine, man. Yes, stayed yes. with him. Stayed with him at the Open there last year when he made the Elite Series. Such a special oh, yes. moment. But I can tell you this, and this was insider knowledge. On that final day, he let off of what he had found pretty early, like two hours early, because he was worried about making it in, making the Elite Series. And I think he finished twelfth or eighth or something like twelfth, mm-hmm. I think. And he very well would have made that top ten. And I would have loved to seen him burn all his fish the final day. But I mean, St. Clair has been a, a big time thing for him. He's from Ohio, spent a lot of time on these Northern fisheries, looking for boulders, catching them on scope. Like he's good at it. And he was surprisingly not around a lot of guys in the open and the opens field is big. So yeah. it'll be cool to see. Uh, I think he'll have even less people around him. Uh, in that situation, and he'll be on the lake. I almost guarantee it. So if he finds him out there, if he can get out there, so I cool love that pick. I love that pick. That was who was going to be my 
sleeper breakout tournament for Group D until I realized oh. he was Group E, not D. Are we talking red wine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you what. That kid can fish. Oh, yeah, dude. So, yeah. Um, You've been spending some time with him, haven't you? Yeah, he um, he was over here the other night, and we had we had some fun. So, Bailey came over. We had some beers. Nice. I just spent half a week up with him on Champlain and caught the fire out of him up there, too. And uh, another guy I spent a whole week with up in Champlain, got to spend time with on the boat, is going to be my pick this week. A guy that I've had, I've had very, I've had a lot of trust issues with this year where he's either burned me or oh, he's no. doing really well. Oh, no. Uh, you're I'm you're doing it. You're I doing it. Doing it. Oh, no. Go- no. <laughs> it seems like there's only been one tournament this year that I have not picked him, but I'm picking him for this one. He almost oh, won no. last year if it weren't for the power of Takuido. That is freaking Justin Atkins. Oh, there it is again. You have, you are, you're you're just as bad. He almost did, (laughs) which is crazy. Hey, thanks for Pickwick and he top 10. You are just as bad as Bart with all the. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's one guy. (laughs) One guy. He's got two. Austin Felix. And Barb has a, fl- a Felix fighter, Douglas, Bob right. Downey. Like I can go on. That's what here. I meant. Not North. I meant Minnesota guys. <laughs> Gosh, he doesn't go outside of like the Minnesota corridor. Okay, like if they live in the greater St. Paul, Minneapolis area within <laughs> one hour, he is choosing them. At least two of them a tournament. <laughs> Look, I wanted to pick red wine. You picked red wine. I want to be different from you. I almost Mueller, picked Mueller as is well. hard to trust. Mueller is hard to trust. He did almost Mueller catch is. a state record. Every tournament, I, I almost pick Masayuki because I love to just say Masayuki. Uh, it's the, the greatest name in the world. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, Ike's a good pick too. I just I think Ike's a solid top twenty, top thirty. But like, I'm trying to go for the throat and get top tens here. And True. man, I just. I think Atkins is going to ride the wave, dude. I think he's got, you know, it sucks for him, but I think he's got nothing to lose for the rest of the season. So I think he's going after that blue trophy, mm-hmm. which I he like almost it. got last year. I, I think Atkins is going to have a good tournament. Wicked away, dude. He's just, I don't know what it is, man, but he is way too good of an angler to be having as tough of a season as he is. He is filthy, That's especially fair. a small mouth. Did you know, fun fact, However, man, he's been on Champlain a lot of times. He's caught less than 10 largemouth ever on Champlain. Wow. Always messed I'm with smallmouth. Saturn. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And Team Bass Pack is hoping that Wes Logan is asking if Wes Logan will do good in this tournament. Just I hope so. Knows. Oh, man, me too. That guy needs a good tournament. I wouldn't say he knows smallmouth, but he needs to know smallmouth. We'll, we'll we'll razz West a little bit because he can take it, but that dude needs the confidence boost because yeah. he's a damn good fisherman down basically Tennessee and below. When you come up north, he needs a little bit of work, and if he oh. can dial that in, man, he could be freaking insanely good. Ledge fishing to finding boulders is two entirely different. That's why like northern anglers so are seen to do he's better that much now. Of a guy. But you more of a big stick in his hand, go flip a big weight kind of guy. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. But you, when you live down south and you're around river systems, there's lots of ledges to be found. But um, it's just different when you side scan a ledge as opposed to side scanning smallmouth on a boulder. Largemouth to smallmouth and spots all show up different. 
And that's one of the hardest misconceptions for guys that fish down south that come up north to learn is what they're looking at. They, they're they looking for wadded up fish on down imaging. And a lot of times you don't get wads when you graph. You get one or two maybe that will show. And you got to go over top of it with 2D and you start fishing and they just keep reloading. Or reloading. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Here, here's our, here's going to be our, our teaching segment for this because – I think that's really important is guys always expect, like you said, Andy, they see, they hear about these massive schools of smallmouth and they go to graph and they're like, I'm not seeing anything when they're actually really going over these fish. The problem is they probably got it on a hundred each side on side imaging, which is really hard to pick out individual smallmouth. Unless, unless you're, you're the, doing it every single day. <laughs> if you're on a sand transition, it's a lot easier to when you're on a boulder flat to pick out these fish. Whereas if you focus on your 2d, and you're down imaging, use your side to find the areas. But if you focus on your side or your 2D and your down imaging to pick out these small undulations in the boulders, that's how you know if there's gonna be sign of life, especially when they're gonna be relating hard to that rock. And then you can when you start fishing it, you will get an idea of what's actually there. Mm-hmm. But typically, and Andy correct me if I'm wrong, at, at least in my experience in the Great Lakes, when you start catching small ones and you're repeatedly catching small ones. Make note of the area, but get the hell out of there because there's no, you're not going to catch a big one. You might catch oh, a four. 100%. What I'll do, like if I find a pack of small ones, there's a reason why the small ones are there. There's either food or it has the right bottom composition. So the biggest thing I will do, and that we're, we touched on this earlier, I will just start graphing around that area and figure out what the subtle differences are in that area and then after I mark it on my side scan, I drive right over top of it with my 2D or down imaging, and I'm zoomed into the bottom eight feet. Because that bottom eight feet on your graph will tell you more than when you're zoomed all the way out. And a lot of times you see just the t- – I run the That's That's so, so you'll see the tiniest little inkling. So, like, I run pallet – was it? Pallet 13. So I run these same exact, like, starter setup Josh Douglas talks about with graphs. If you go back and watch his Lawrence videos, this is why he's going to do well. On Pallet 13 on Lawrence's, rocks are yellow and green. Smallmouth and bass are red and blue. So as you graph over top of a rock and you're on 2D and you're zoomed in the bottom eight feet, you get your big green rock. And all of a sudden you'll see just this tiniest little inkling of red and blue. And then you'll turn around and you'll fish it. And you'll be up there on your 2D, like standing still over top of it. And all of a sudden, your red and blue turns into red, blue, and yellow. And you're like, oh, I got three colors. That's a big And you drop on them. You're like, oh, five-pounder. Like, it's... And and I would say how guys that I saw breaking down the St. Lawrence on the practice days I had, it wasn't, and this is maybe a little bit, like that's a very efficient way to do it. This was maybe less efficient, but newer technology. I mean, all guys were doing, looking for, on the lake this is, looking for boulders and a certain boulder depth or size of boulder or whatever their pattern kind of was. And then just scoping those boulders, man. I mean, it's so yeah. easy to see fish when you throw at it. You'll see that fish come out of that boulder to come eat. And then oh, well, and scoping is, other ones that are there. But scoping is big. Like when I'm practicing for a tournament, I drive right, after I scan the boulder, I drive right over it on top of it with 2d and if i see any bit of red at all in that blue i don't even fish for a tournament because i know how big that fish is i don't have to get up inside i don't have live scope on my boat like if i just see blue 
I almost never stop. Sure. But I I make note of it for that tournament day. I'm like, okay, if I need a bite or if I want to start somewhere, I'll go there and catch a bunch of three pounders just to get a limit of the boat. Like that's the way I fish. But when I'm just like purely graphing on side scan, I'm looking for such specific stuff that holds the biggest fish. And then I, after I mark it, I drive right over top of it with my 2D just to tell like what that mark is on there. Because when you look at them on side scan, like you're looking at when you see one on a rock, it is the tiniest little piece of grain rice that if you don't do it every single day, you have no idea that it's a fish. Sure. Yeah. I so I, I was out with somebody about a week ago and I was like, that's a fish. And they're like, no, it's not. I'm like, zoom in on that mother. It's a fish. And he zooms in and he goes, oh my God, it's a tail. You are correct. That's a fish. I'm like, cause I'm out here every day. Like I know what they look like on side scan. So like, it's kind of absurd. Yeah. Hey, did we, we went through our picks for E, but oh. did we pick Bart? Bart's picky. Oh, it's good call. I was uh, quickly glancing uh, at our MP3. If we have anyone tuning in to the YouTuber that likes to tune in to the MP3 every now and then, we are. I, I didn't. Uh, I want to say I offer this stuff to Spotify folks, and I understand that you can't actually leave a review on Spotify, but you can still give the you know whatever stars you think the show is, whether one or five. Feel free to be transparent. But um, if you do have Spotify, let us know if you vote on Spotify. We'll give you five extra entries into the episode 300 Ooh. giveaway. But if you have listen on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review and put just comment like episode 300 or whatever have you for that. And we'll give you five extra entries to that giveaway on Tuesday night. So just something extra to help us boost on MP3 and uh, get you guys some extra entries into that, that big giveaway. Uh, but back to the topic at hand. Bucket E, we've been talking about him, but the guy that finally picked him, uh, Bart picked Mike Iaconelli. Yeah, I I honestly think Ike is a good pick up there just because um, back in the day in Buffalo, he won fishing smallmouth. He always seems to do well on smallmouth. He might not be a top 10 guy, but he could be a very safe fantasy, like top 35. He fishes get really the river, good points. man. He, he fishes yeah. the river a lot. He'll go up, man. He'll go far. Now that they're out of Clayton, wild places, that is pretty sick. Like, if he's catching them there. But now that it's Clayton, if you don't go to the lake this time of year, like... You're not going to win. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I think the lake tends to be further ahead up there than the river because the lake, the river is so much deeper and has so much more current. The U.S. side of the lake tends to be further ahead than the Canadian side of the lake and the river. So, yeah. Like, I know for a fact about four weeks ago, the fish were off of beds in Lake Ontario on the U.S. side because it was like 74 degrees in Shimo Bay. What are we talking about here? We have Jim Johnson with a comment saying Ike ruffled some feathers with his pickwick comments. Yeah, I'm not sure. Jim, no please enlighten us. Yeah, please fill in the details. Details, details. Fill in the details. <laughs> also, really fast, we still have Hobie Eyewear Shades and a Queen Tackle $25 gift card up for grab. So keep your – let's hear some, some real, like, bold hot takes from predictions that maybe, one, people aren't thinking about. But two, 
maybe that you think is going that people aren't looking at, you know, like some, some kind of people that might be flying on the radar, some patterns that you might think play that people aren't thinking about that type of deal. Keep those coming. And Donald, I will check on that email here in a second, but uh, let's get into weights here. I'll start off with Bart. Bart thinks the century belt is going to get broken for the first time at 112. No way. Why? I don't know. I was too optimistic with this stuff. So here, here's what I'm going to say. The Canadian side is going to prevail. You're going to see probably 23 to 26 pounds a day. If, if they can get on the lake all four days. The issue is we're coming into the middle of July on a full moon, which always gets one or two heavy blow days. We're a week away. The forecast isn't saying it, but they will have a couple blow days where you'll see weights be a little bit lower. Um, it could happen, though, if it's flat calm for four days, but I'd be more likely to say it comes out of the mouth of the river as opposed to purely Lake Ontario or the Canadian side. Just my general thoughts. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to say it gets close. I think if the weather holds out for them, I think they'll smoke them. Uh, but I'm going 98-12. I think they'll be right there, like they have been a couple times in the past. So we've got a 2020 finish, which was later. By the way, July twenty third to twenty sixth, so maybe a little after that post spawn funk. Get Chris Johnson with ninety seven eight, Paul Mueller with ninety five fourteen, giant bags. But then it really fell off after that. Eighty four pounds was Brock Mosley in third. Um, in twenty twenty one, which was a very similar time frame, July fifteenth through the eighteenth last year, Taku had ninety even. Justin Atkins had eighty eight. Good amount of eighty eights after that. So. To me, I think it's really optimistic that it will break the the hundred. But I'm gonna say I'm still optimistic in saying ninety six thirteen is where where I've got us. It's funny you guys have bigger weights than I do. That's a first, Andy. Yeah, I know. Of all people, we should trust it should be you. Like, um, it could happen, but I'm thinking around twenty three to twenty four and a half a day will win. I have it at ninety four nine. Just because I'm factoring in the fact that there's a full moon, the Canadian side in the river is going to be pure post-spawn. And you have no idea how many six-pound fish that are going to be caught that weigh four and a half pounds because they're so skinny. The guys that figure out the U.S. side, like the New York side on Lake Ontario, will probably catch bigger post-spawn fish. Like, you're going to see more six-pounders come out of the New York side. But that side is easier to figure out, in my opinion, from what I've talked to people, than the Canadian side. And therefore, you're going to see above 90 pounds, but like I said, 94.9. Because there's just going to be so many post-spawn fish that it's going to be hard to see five- and six-pounders caught regularly. Like, four-and-a-half to five pounds is where... Everyone's going to catch him. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> Under the theme, so Undertaker. Like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. If this tournament was in August and they were fishing Canada, 
100% the Century Belt would be taking the end of August because by the third week of August, our smallmouth in the Great Lakes start developing their eggs for the next year, and their winter weight is already starting to be put on. Could you imagine if we had this tournament in October? They would only be able to fish two or four days in the lake, but my God, the weights would be insane. Like you're talking like you would see 32 to 33 pounds in like multiple sevens. Yeah. Uh, From team bass back here. Question for Bailey. Will we see two international anglers in the top 10? I firmly believe you'll see three different countries represented in the top 10. So that, that is an interesting fact. Um, You're going to get Japan. Carl Jockamson is a very, very sneaky, good smallmouth fisherman. And he has spent a ton of time up there figuring out those fish. Has he done good up here? He's done good in the Costa, like the Costa event. I don't know if he's done good in an Elite Series event, but he almost won the Costa event a few years ago, if I remember correctly. Like, I think he weighed like, 23 and like 21 in a coast event and almost won it let's see i'm gonna check his history here also by the way i don't like the new bassmaster site that i can't pull up tournaments as easy oh it drives me nuts i don't even look at it anymore oh and that's chris I, I actually end up googling it and finding it that way because it is yeah. a pain on the bass chris cliff perch, cliff perch last year, year was last the year, only though. year that he had a bad year he is almost always in the top 10 he does well, man. Havasu, no smallmouth. That is a crazy good dark horse. Um, in fact, as such a good dark horse, I think I'm going to throw him the queen tackle giveaway because I um, wanted to – if he was not in group A, I would have picked him in any other bucket, personally speaking. So, Chris Flay, uh, shoot us an email or on social media, and we'll get the queen tackle. Was it $25, Bailey? Sure. Yep, yes. we're going to get the $25 queen tackle, get you some hammerhead football jigs. Carl's gotten a 20th place in 2020. Beyond that, he hasn't had anything in the top 30. But, again, it's Carl. Yeah, you never know. He shucks the hell out of everybody. Yeah. Either in a good way or a bad way. Yeah. One of the two. It's never like a medium finish for him. It's always, holy shit, Carl's crushing him, or why isn't Carl catching him? (laughs) I like it. Let's see. They fixed it. Bass pack, they have not fixed it because I'm on it right now. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's some parts of the new website I actually really do like. Like, it makes searching for the schedule a lot easier. I will say that. What about big fish? Are we going to go one over seven? You guys think it would be one over seven caught? One over eight? A new state record? I think no, there's no. It, because it's so postponed. It'll be tough. You'll get close to seven. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a seven caught just because of the Canadian side. That side tends to put out bigger fish for whatever reason. There was almost a seven-pounder caught the other day in the river. No, there was a seven-pounder caught the other day in the river by a guide up there. So it could happen. I'm going to go... Seven four, seven pounds, four ounces. That's the biggest fish this week. Woo wee, son! But that is a big fish for this. And it's going to be one that's late spawning on a bed up in Canada. Hmm. And yeah. Cor- and Corey is going to catch it. Corey, I'm going down to the angler. Yeah, I hope he's feeling better. He just had like a really bad bout and was in the hospital and stuff a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Will he make the Canadian run? 
Yes. Always. Those those guys have stuff like so far in Canada, I'm sure, that nobody even knows what's there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What five week, five your... week old New York State record gets broke this year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rooting for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, look, I the I, off you that lake. I am absolutely hyped that the record was broken. But for some reason, I just want our record not to be a spawner. I don't know why. That, that's the crazy thing about that fish. I think that fish was post-spawn. I don't know, like How? It was so, I don't know. It was skinny it had the inverted belly. It was not skinny as rails. Are you kidding I me? I thought it was. Yeah, I it's like it one so goofy part to me. Of it's so many people, I sent that to people, and people were like, that's fake. You know what I mean? Because it was that big. I mean, the one picture looked like they distorted it some way, but there's other right? pictures that were posted afterwards that were obviously not distorted. And there's video of DEC, our, our New York fishing game, being on site. They confirmed it. So, like, it's not fake. But like that one picture, they did not do that thing justice whatsoever. No, no I agree. Um, but I do not think that thing was postponed, not in the slightest. Yeah, I wish we could have found out, but unfortunately, um, here's one thing. I hope I hope they didn't release it right at that launch. But I mean, we'll, we can get it. No, I um I actually heard that they ran the fish back to like, oh the, awesome where they caught it. Yeah, amazing. That's good. Good to see conservation at work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but for real though, I mean, I think that's badass. If that's bigger than Paul and D. that's funny. Uh, I just want to, I don't know. It's cool to see records go down. I don't know. I would love to see a nine pound brown one be caught. There are only a couple lakes in New York that it could happen. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know, it was about 10, year ago, 10 years ago on Lake Erie in a Canadian tournament, a nine pounder was caught on Lake Erie on the New York side, but it wasn't verified because they weighed in the Canadian tournament. And I believe Simcoe holds like the Ontario record for biggest smallmouth. That doesn't not surprise at all. So apparently it's really easy to get into Canada now. So I'm trying to plan a Simcoe trip, Andy, if you want to go. Dude, if I hold up, we keep talking about planning a trip. Let's do that. Come up. Yeah. We'll just hop in Andy's truck, make him drive. We'll, we'll hop in my truck. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll reach out to some contacts and see if we can get on a boat. We can get Kuzvis. Let's get Kuzvis. Kuzvis. We've been, he's not a show. Can't bring a boat up there or what? I you could, but I mean, I don't want to trailer my boat three hours north. Of Fine, I'll bring the Hobie. We'll share the You're Hobie. Baby. You're so driving your boat three hours, dude. It's not even like he's always a chicken. About close this, trip so. for me is like ten. He's like an hour and a half drive. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm worried about my trailer. Uses it every day. Like so, I'm at the point with my trailer that I have vault hubs on the bearings, and it's like six oh, years yeah. old. So I'm like getting to that borderline edge that hey, I should probably replace them. First thing to do, man. First thing to do with vault hubs, just jack your trailer up and wobble your tire side to side, and you don't want more than a quarter inch play or maybe an eighth inch play on each way. If that's the case, then you need to start. Like that's that's how a good reason for those to blow out. But I, I mean, think Andy's been on this like, new boat excursion for like a year and a half, and he just needs to finally pull the trigger my before I do is- it for him. I'm gonna steal his credit card and just go buy a damn boat <laughs> so he shuts up about a new damn boat. You know what the worst part is? It doesn't matter, dude. Even brand new ones like that's that's boats. Like yeah. it's just 
I've seen so many brand new trailers blown out. Oh yeah, because they're installed improperly, just slightly, and they get water in them, and they're done. But it's just the fact that like one trailering your boat across like Canadian lines can be just a huge pain in the butt. Now I don't feel like getting caught up in border patrol for like four hours for them to search. Like that's the biggest issue is I don't feel like dealing with it. I had to take my boat over there already in October, probably for the Canadian tire open. Cause I think we're fishing out of my boat this year. So, um, so yeah. what you're saying is you're going to have experience going over there. So there it'll be go. easier this time. So we'll be good. We'll go over there in November. We'll catch seven pounders. We'll catch the biggest bag of smallmouth on YouTube. We'll Probably not. So go back. Coop Gallant, who's fishing the Oneida and won the Cherokee event, right? He was Cherokee, if I remember correctly. One Cherokee is fishing the Classic next year. He put out a video, I think, last year fishing like a big Canadian tournament, like the FLW Cup qualifier or whatever it was a couple of years ago on Simcoe, and he got five bites a day. Okay. That sounds like the Idaho. It's got giant smallmouth yeah. in it. It's very few bites. but like You're not going to catch a ton, and we're going to have to go up for like two weeks just to figure out where they live because they live Here's in the, the thing this area. Like we know just people. About. <laughs> we're friends with Nick Kuzvis. And he lives there. Yeah, and but he, he spends on YouTube. Ninety-eight percent of his days he fishes is in Canada, off like Kingston on Lake Ontario. He and he doesn't know say <laughs> Great and question. You just, and you just exposed it, you jerk. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Now, either way, Simcoe would be a lot of fun. The I jerk fight will Canadian play. tour. Somebody like Steve Kennedy will catch them on a jerk bait one day. And uh, I was explaining this. I was talking about this with a buddy a couple days ago. I forgot who it was, but um, we were talking about jerkbait fishing, Great Lakes Smallies. And I was like, one day you'll catch 24 pounds, and the next day you'll lose every single fish that bites it because they just slap at it and they jump and they come off. So frustrating. The jerkbait will play, and you'll see, I think, who who had it going last year? Like, Dropped an absolute mega. I think it might have been Keith Combs. Dropped like a 22 or 23 pound bag one of the years in the tournament. And then the next day caught like 10 pounds. You know who caught who, who won the tournament on St. Lawrence that had the most fun doing it? Kevin Van Dam with a spy bait. That, oh. Yeah, that was St. Lawrence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right behind Wolf Island. Yeah. Most fun you could have. Maybe so, with it, maybe not beaten by a spinner bait. You'd be burning, but terrifying bite ever like have you spy bait uh having a six pounder eat a g-fix 80 spy bait and he's got one itty bitty treble hook on the outside of his cheek jumping four feet out of the water in three mile an hour current you're like oh god stop (laughs) stop (laughs) do you want to talk about like shitting yourself the entire time fighting a six pound smallie 120 feet away from the boat and you can see the spy bait um, doing this as he jumps so much leverage. absolutely terrifying so you're saying there goes international we're going to scotland <laughs> we're gonna go swing flies for atlantics baby let's go <laughs> do we have to do flies yes i think they, they have like a rule swings. over there it's like barbless hooks and oh, like, come on. fly tip and stuff yeah dang it We'll do a podcast in Scotland. There we go. We'll do it at 4 a.m. Donald, what time is it over there for you guys? Can you put that down in the chat? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I'm too lazy to look it up. (laughs) 
Well, I believe they're actually, yeah, it might be like two in the morning. I think they're six hours ahead. What time, what time is it? <laughs> it's like it's like three thirty in the morning. Bad, bad no, calling out Deacon here. He's calling oh, out yeah. Furious Dangler. What is you drinking in those yetis? <laughs> oh, dude, always they get stronger every time. It's stronger. We've we've got a ranch water, which is our drinks are like yetis. They get stronger every wow. time. <laughs> That's right. Dude. It we're normally like my buzz is really on after the show, but like this has been an hour and a half, so I'm like. I'm getting a good buzz here. <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet. I'm prime pork tenderloin on the smoker that I'm waiting to eat. <laughs> and that is our. Plug. I'm right there with you. Like I'm oh, on my second food. one. So raise up your yeah. voodoo, boys. Raise right. up your voodoo. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, boys. That is our our plug to any liquor or beer sponsor that wants to be a uh, the official a the official contributor to us getting Cheers. tipsy on on, on fantasy <laughs> fishing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. You guys still haven't given your picks yet. What's Big Fish going to be? I said 7-4. I'm going to go 6-10. Six, six, but I think you're going to see a ton of sixes. What was it What was it last year? And what was it in 2020? Well, 2020 was Paul Mueller's like eight, just under 8-pounder. Eight eight oh, that thing was 8-3 or 8-4. No, it was 7-15. I could have sworn it was 8, dude. I think you're thinking of that finger lake fish that was caught that was 7-15. It was seven fifteen. I don't even know on right. best just website. under eight pounds. Look at that. And if it would have been caught like three weeks later or two weeks earlier, it would have been a nine pounder. Let's see. And Lawrence River Elite Series. I think you're thinking of a different fish, but I could be wrong. Yo, Robert Hildebrand fished, I believe, a Fed tournament up there like six years ago and tied the state record. Damn it, Andy. I hate you're always right. 713. That was, was eight years. That was eight. No, two years ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. But the fish was like 24 and a quarter inches. Like it was massive, but it was skinny as 24. Holy it was a giant. How old, how old do you think that fish is? 10 years. That's it? I think he's older than that. Dude, that like fish 20. that I caught. No, I've talked about this before in the podcast. They've done a study on goby eating smallmouth. They grow faster than ever. On average, a six-pound fish is eight years old. So you're telling me? You're telling lakes. me eight? Okay. So you're telling me oh, baby. that after eight, they're pretty much dying because we're not seeing a lot of seven fish. Yeah, they fish. become di- they become gobyitis. They get gobyitis and they die. Because that that's a thing. That's a real thing. Gobyitis. Yeah. No, like the, diabetes, it's gobyitis. It's gobyitis. I've we got that old gobyitis running through. <laughs> <laughs> says you're going to catch the gobyitis and you're going to die. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I believe you because I can never discount anything Andy says. But I really just internally no, so want to call bullshit my buddy on Scott, that. Um, worked with the Erie County Fisheries Advisory Board. They've done a lot of like genetic nice. studying on smallmouth. And um, they're growing faster. That's why we have so many three to four pound fish. They're getting there in like three years, four years. Jeez. They're just they're just blowing like blimps. And they explode with gobiatis. They explode. They <laughs> literally explode with gobiatis. <laughs> all right. All right. How about this? How about this? That state record out of KU. Yes. Yeah. How old do you think that fish is? 15 to 18 years old. Because that is not a goby eater. That fish is way too. That fish is way too big to be a goby eater. The gobies have only been found in there re- recently, and it takes about two full like life term 
spawn classes before they really start transitioning uh-huh. to gobies. So the fish have to be basically born into an ecosystem that the gobies are in for them to start eating them. You guys heard about this new private, I think I told you guys about it, but that private bass fishery down in Georgia called Titan Bass. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So it's not actually genetically engineered. It's genetically selected bass where they take your giant bass and pair them up. And they have like legit, legitimate ponds that are straight, just female, where they can take the biggest ones, select them, and then breed them to make these basically genetically super powered bass that are more aggressive and giant. Basically, their four-year-old bass is their oldest age class, and they're all over ten pounds. And they're well, not your, all of your, them. Sorry, no, I shouldn't say all, but yes, there there's some ten pounders, right? That are only four years old. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah, you like that's a private pond market. Center. That's where we're going. That's where we're going for our trip. Yeah, I might have. I might have gotten them. A, a worker for the need a full time guide. 21 years old and full of voodoo beers and ranch water. Okay. <laughs> Yippee Kaye. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what? Just being 21. Our show's, show's coming to a wrap here in a second. We have some stuff to give away. And Brian has been on a damn roll with some pretty funny comments tonight. I think that deserves a, a Queen Tackle gift card. Brian, what do you say there, buddy? What's, what's, I, your, what's I your address? Send it over. Did I do the queen tackle? Did you? Yeah. To where? I don't Tomorrow. have it written down here. I thought you did the Humber Nakota. Brad. No, I did another one. Hold on. Let me go back. Too many voodoos. Oh, you did Chris. Yes. Chris. Okay. Chris Flay, yes. Brian, we're sending you Hobie eyewear shades. Woo! Big baller right there. I also love that your last name is half Nico, as in Nico Rig. Nico Ewan. <laughs> yeah, how do you pronounce it? I even know. He's got shades in his profile pic. New shades. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to get rid of that Ray-Ban crap. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, all right, boys. What else do we have for on the docket for tonight? We talked about St. Lawrence River. We had our big fish picks. Um, we got coming up is... AOI. AOI. Someone had it mentioned earlier in the comments. but Brandon Paul, Nick. DP, second AOI, by far. Cox is going to, I think have a great Mississippi river to make things interesting at the end of the year. But all in all, after with St. Lawrence, I think Polinick is going to freaking run away with it. How much of a lead does he have? I think like 25 points. Yeah. It's after this in Hawaii. I could see him slipping to Cox at the Mississippi, not to say that Polinick's going to, well, Mississippi is where it ends. And also you have to remember Brandon Polinick should have won a Mississippi River event a few yep. years ago, yep. but That's he was point. illegally calling in Wisconsin waters where they had a no call rule, and he That's was so stupid blowing the doors so off of the field on day one. On was the it? Wait, wasn't it Minnesota? It's one of the. I thought two. I think yeah. it's Minnesota because Minnesota so Minnesota is really stupid with their bass rules. Same with New York, man. All you guys in northern states, like we can't. Well, touch them New back. York, it's season. only that one St. Lawrence County that's stupid. But I, I also kind of it lets people lay off the fishery, which is kind of. Nice. I, I don't think Oahe's an unknown factor. No, I think a lot I of people have spent time there. Do well there. In BP, that is the closest tournament to Brandon, and he spends almost zero time there. I've heard. Well, yeah, because it's still ten hours from it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, but, but he did well there the last time. <laughs> yep. 
It's small mouth. It's it's gonna be a scope and shoulders. Door. It's small mouth. It's Brandon Polinick. Mm-hmm. He's, He's gonna, gonna catch him. So Polinick is leading by eighteen points to John Cox, and the next person behind is David Mullins in third, and that's fifty. Yeah, it's basically done. So like, the only person remotely that I have any confidence somewhat that could like a name wise the rest of the season that could somewhat go after him is maybe Clifford Perch in six, but he's literally a hundred points behind. Literally. He only has to deal with Cox. As long as he does not absolutely tank a tournament, Brandon Polinick's looking at his second angry yeah. of the year. Polinick will have to finish like a hundredth. Perch, Perch did very well at Oahe. You should have won that tournament. Offshore, smallmouth. But that's the thing, like where Perch where Perch is going to do well, Polinick is going to do well as well. Right. Uh they're not going out of Sturgis. Sturgis is not even close to where they're going. Uh Sturgis is on the west side of South Dakota. Uh I was just up at Oahe. They're going out of the same place we did, which is gosh, now I'm thinking hey. Uh, Team Basspack put Brand Lester, and Brand Lester is having a great year, amazing year. He's, I just can't count him in for smallmouth, really. Oh, no. He, no, hold on. Brandon Lester has almost won on the St. Lawrence twice. When? A couple years ago, he was very close, and he dropped two six or seven pounders, like giant six pounders on the last day before, before the Johnsons got in. Hmm. Brandon well, Lester has a, but that was in the St. Lawrence River only. He has had some really good tournaments on that river, and he's almost won on Champlain fishing smallmouth as well. Well, Champlain's a completely different animal than St. Lawrence. Yeah, but they're smallmouth. They do the same thing. Like I'm convinced, if you have a big enough body of water with offshore rock and that has big flats, smallmouth do the same thing on inland bodies of water as they do the Great Lakes to a point. I agree with that. To a certain point. I want to argue it. But Finger lakes do not count. <laughs> because they are cold. Uh, finger okay, lakes I'll say finger count. lakes. Fing- uh, finger lakes don't count. You just Bird. said Indian lakes. Yeah, but I said they have giant flats. Like, okay, we, let's talk like, about Oneida. They're completely different. Oneida's its own world. Like nowhere. Here we go. Here we go. Exception. Tiny little lake. Oneida is one flat. (laughs) It's 35 foot deep and one flat. It's got one shoal. (laughs) (laughs) It's got two islands or three. I can't remember how many. That's funny. Ladies, I love how all these guys are sticking up for me. <laughs> Do not argue with me. <laughs> Someone has to be the devil's advocate here, guys. Ah, Come on. Always right. <laughs> no, I'm not always right. I just unfortunately know a little bit about small. Not a ton, just a little bit. Oh, that's funny. There we go. Matt, uh, we got Matt Boyd's email. Where is... Man, Donald, I'm not getting your emails, man. I think he sent it to the Serious Angler Facebook page. He did. Uh, uh, I'll screenshot and send it to I'll you. To cool, cool. Never mind. We're good. We got it, Donald. I'm going against Captain Knowledge. I mean, come on, guys. We got to have arguments here. We got to uh, gotta debate this stuff. We can't all just say, yes, sir, Andy, sir. <laughs> sure you can. No, Even though he's kidding. 99% always right, but still. Uh, 1% of the time I am right. All right, 1%. 1% of the time I'll get one of these. <laughs> Oh, uh, but man, yeah, BP's gonna run with it, run away with it, dude. It's 
unless he just yeah we're not gonna say it because i'm rooting for bp which will make my full-time job life a lot more difficult but it'd be great fun fact i do not talk to smallmouth i eventually start singing to them because i get so pissed at that he does and he sings christmas music <laughs> Andy. oh i'm all over the place like i'm just like come on <laughs> <laughs> See, I have some people on Team Bailey here. <laughs> Rebellion. Rebellion. <laughs> Burn it to the ground. <laughs> oh, God. All right, who will win this event? I said it earlier. I'm going Polonic. What do yeah. you guys got to win it? I know we mentioned Johnson, but, like, you can say Johnson. So, no, let's go Dark Horses. Like, Yeah, I think, like, my safe pick would be, like, a Chris Johnston, a, a BP. But I like the idea of going to Dark Horse, too. Like, who's oh, someone? Oh, like, wild pick that we could, like, that weird gut Well, wild, thing. wild, but, like, also, like, okay, you have a reason why he could get there, right? Like, not like a someone who you aren't expecting at all to win, but. Well, that's kind of fun. Like, they shouldn't win, but could imagine them winning. Okay. Let's get two picks, then. One that's not like the obvious, like a Polonic or a Johnston. And then like one that's realistic, one that's non-realistic. Let's have David Mullins finish seventh, 2021. I didn't realize that. Dark Horse, Matt Robertson. I freaking love that. Imagine his first term he wins St. Lawrence. You know, crazier things have happened. In this is very true. Let's be real. Chasing Christie ripping a tube out of Sandgrass on a baitcaster won an event on St. On St. Clair, and he was the only one doing it. So, so the one that's, yes, right there, Matt Boyd, red wine. Just because yeah, I, I think it would be badass, and I would drive up there to party and have a lot of uh, voodoo rangers What if he won that. Like, <laughs> you a lot like of them. <laughs> <laughs> I would have a lot of whatever alcohol beverage is up there if red wine won. Right. So my dark horse, completely random and out of character, is Jacob Prosnick. He knows deep, clear water. He has experience fishing smallmouth. He knows how to catch him on a drop shot. That is somebody that could be a sneaky return back to the elites and do really well. And he's a very good offshore fisherman, and he never gets enough credit for it. That is my sneaky pick. Uh, off the wall, who could possibly win it, but you never would expect it, is another one who almost did it a couple years ago, is Greg De Palma throwing a Carolina rig. That'd be his first trophy. Yeah. Like, don't expect it, but could win, because he's doing something completely different than everyone else. I got one for you. Dark horse. Where'd it go? Um, do, 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 Justin, do, Hamner. Do, do. Justin Hamner throwing a jerk bait. Just smashes him. I I just, the jerk bait bite scares me so much. So much because one day they eat a T bone across their face and you can throw nine colors at them the next day and they get one little itty bitty treble hook on like the back of their head because they just bump it. Hmm. All right. Red wine's my dark horse, but my gut feeling could be random, could win it, could make things less slogan. Sorry, buddy, but hell no. Uh, (laughs) Jacob Fouts. 
I thought about Palmer from Team Bass Pack. I really did. I don't know yeah, how he did. How did you there? I don't know. <laughs> Oklahoma dude, and St. Lawrence dude. River don't mesh too well. <laughs> he's just going Lake of the Isles and he's flipping milfoil all day. Finish. Yeah. In 21, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Fun. Fun, fun, right. fun. I think it's that fun. just about covers it, boys. Anything. Uh, Deacon, we got a pretty cool business from the Bass Boat episode coming up on Monday. You want to tell folks about that quick? We do, man. Uh, it was fantastic too. It just we just recorded it, so I always record those just a hair in advance on, from actual Monday morning because we release them really early. But anyways, um, Todd Castledine talking about fishing locally, team series stuff, what he looks for in tournaments, and kind of some of his reasoning why he didn't fish the Elite Series why he didn't fish long on the uh, major league fishing um, tech warehouse pro circuit now, but what was the FLW tour? So interesting stuff to hear his points of view. And uh, it was awesome. It was a really good show. He's a good guy. Heck yeah. And then after a from the bass boat on Monday morning, we'll be having episode three freaking hundred on Tuesday night. You'll see us three hooligans live on that show announcing the giveaway winner. We're going to have a bunch of friends coming on for some segments, talk about some fishing stories. We're going to talk about some stuff like co-angler stories, boater stories, embarrassing Andy stories. Oh, we're going to do like, we're going to do the whole nine years. Yeah. I don't have one for every trip. Um, so we <laughs> same same <laughs> either way it's gonna be a lot of fun uh if if people have been around for our not so serious episode it's gonna be pretty on par for what that's gonna look like um so not a lot of learning you'll learn some funny stories but uh we're gonna have a lot of fun and again to anyone that's watching live now or listening to mp3 later uh if you guys want to get in on that show if you want to come on live you know say five minutes or so give us a topic tell us a cool story tell us a whatever you know if you want to get five minutes of airtime out here give us an email give us a dm whatever and uh, we'd love to get you guys on here and get on the show uh it's probably gonna be a pretty long show it's gonna be a lot of fun we're looking forward to seeing you guys there but uh boys anything to note before we head out here tonight me and bailey are going fishing tomorrow that's a big note buzz it the first time all year i think we should just go live on serious angler instagram tomorrow while we film Oh, God, that'd be scary. Backlashing in trees all day. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be very interesting. But, yeah, if you're not already, follow us on social media. Go enter that big uh, episode 300 giveaway that we got going on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, Deacon, anything left on the year end before we sign out? Oh, man. Cool. Well, folks, we appreciate you guys, as always. And we will see you guys on Monday for Business from the Bass Boat. Peace. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode, and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, 
This show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.